Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. We're missing a trio. It just, it feels different without 
Aaron here. Yeah. So, here, this is my best Aaron impression. I'm Aaron Illich. <laughs> Aaron is currently in Colorado. Yeah, he's in Allen Spark, Colorado. What is he doing there? He's at Rocky Mountain Pathways Ranch. He's working on ranch for 10 days. And it's to get, so I guess at uh, the high school, the homeschools program here, you have to have community service to graduate. Uh-huh. And he had given blood for five hours, but you have to have 10 to graduate. So he decided to go do that. And it's not, it's more vacation than it is. One hour a day. He's got to go work. You work, okay. But that could be like grooming horses. Come on now. I right. love to groom horses and get it to be considered work. Right. But they go camping and hiking and they play games and they go horseback riding and take care of the animals and all kinds of stuff. Um, also, a little bit of different change of scenery. Uh, we're here at your house tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, this evening, I guess. We're actually recording earlier than what we usually record. Uh, so, just different environment altogether. Different computer, different mic. Um, so, here's my story. I, I called you on the way over here and I said, I've got a story to tell. Um, for the last, how many ever ap- episodes, you know, Jaden and I have been playing Batman. Yeah. Batman Arkham City. Last night, I beat it. Oh, wow. And the, today... Um, I was walking by and I seen Jaden was playing with Robin, the character Robin. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. And then he's like, hey, I, I got a new Batman because he's really Batman. Yeah. Uh, gamer logo. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So then I'm cutting podcasts and plus I'm writing. I, yeah. I've done it so much now I can actually listen to a podcast and write simultaneously. So I'm doing those two things. And all of a sudden... An email popped up on my my iPhone. Yeah. And it said, you know, thank you for purchasing from Xbox Live. And I'm like, oh, no. So I opened it up, and he had been downloading these things. Oh, my gosh. The add-ons. Yes. So Lacey goes, she gets on the computer, <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know? I'm like, okay, just tell me how much it is. I'll go put it in the bank. Fortunate enough, we had just enough money to go put into the bank to cover all that. Yeah. I mean, he downloaded a lot. So, I, I said, figured, okay, well, I'm going to come over here to your house. And on the way to your house, the bank, so I'll just hit the bank and then come back to the house. Yeah. So, I go and I'm pulling up to the drive through ATM. There's this white truck in front of me. Comes to a complete halt as they're going in the entranceway of the drive through Okay, so there is a whole distance between them and the ATM. is like you could fit a whole other car yeah. in between. Then this heavyset Mexican gets out of the, the the passenger side and waddles over to the ATM. And she starts pushing the buttons and whatever. I stick my head out and I'm like, you got to put the card in first. Oh, my God. So she waddles back to the, the driver's side who I guess is her husband or whoever, he hands her the ATM card. She walks back. Is she that stupid? Oh, my God. She walks back, and then she puts it in, and she takes it out, and she puts it in. And I said, you only have to do it once. So, because she, I don't know. Why didn't they go to the walk-up ATM? I don't know. Wow. So, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And finally, he's yelling out, yelling something in Spanish constantly. And then finally, he, he says something in English that I understand. He's like, hurry up! 
I stick my head out. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> so he gave me a dirty look. Pulls up to the drive-thru. Almost runs his wife over. She waddles back and gets inside. And you see him. He's punching the buttons. 20 minutes later. Wow. They withdraw money. And I, I was like... It's 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 not hard. Yeah. You put the card in, you put your ATM or your PIN number in, you take, you know, whatever you want, you pull it out, you want a receipt, yes, no, go. Boom, yeah. gone. It takes me no more than five minutes to to do a transaction. Yeah, it doesn't take very long at all. And I did a deposit, which actually takes a little bit longer, you know, than a regular withdrawal. Yeah. I was boom, boom, boom. But I mean, come on, 30 minutes total, probably 35 minutes. Yeah. Just to make a deposit. And Jaden Jaden felt bad. I said, you're not... He trouble. didn't know. I mean... That's what I said. I said you're any not. child would do that. If they see that and they don't know that it costs, they're going to download it. That's why I always watch the kids. When they come over and they're on there, I'm like, what are you doing? We're not downloading anything. My credit card's attached to my PlayStation Network account. Right. And... <laughs> in order to have the Xbox Live, even if you have the freebie, you have to pay. You with have your credit card. Yeah. yeah, so it's harder that way because, like, the PlayStation Network is free. It doesn't cost for that, but it's connected to everything. So if they go and they accidentally say like they click on something and it's for some reason these games I think they do it on purpose. They show you everything that you can have uh-huh. with everything you do have. Right. And if you click on it, they're like, do you want to buy this? You could easily buy it. They, they said that, I think they do it on purpose, so maybe you'll mess up and buy it, and you're like, fuck, I bought this, but oh well, it's too late now. Right. So, yeah, I, I was just, I was upset because of the way it was presented. Oh, just download this. Yeah. It doesn't say, you know, and plus they're very coy about it. It's only 800 Xbox points. Oh, only $8? Yeah. For what? For a character? Uh, no, for the character, it was nine ninety nine per character. My God! Yeah. Could buy a game for four characters. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I, I, I was upset at that. I wasn't upset at him because mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't realize it was just points. Yeah. That, you know, if it said eight dollars, that would you have been totally different. That, yeah. yeah. But it was just points and he didn't know. He didn't yeah. realize it. So that's been my my ordeal today. Then did you hear oh, I'm sure you heard about the garage. Yeah, I heard. She's like, your brother uh, ran into his garage and knocked down. I was like, what? Mom told me that. So I was like, only he could do something like that. <laughs> You're embarrassed, I can tell. I am. It, it's, well, I went. And when you go see it, mm. you'll be impressed how. Well, you took the dents out. Yeah. I hurriedly took the dents out and tried to fix it somewhat for now. But it works. It works perfectly fine. Yeah. But what had happened is, is that I went to the store and I always put it in park I reached down. For some reason, I didn't turn off the engine. Yeah. Um, I think it was because it was. I was in the store for so long, so the engine got cold again. Yeah. So I was letting it continue to warm up just a little bit before I turned it off. But anyway, I reached down to go get the stuff out of the floorboard, um, you know, the, the groceries and whatnot, and all of a sudden I felt a jerk. It did jump gears. And I looked up, and I'm like, no! <laughs> and I'm like, hitting the brake, you know, trying to... <laughs> But yeah, I, how it, far did you crash into the garage? Like it's a little bit, or you like went through the door? No. no. <laughs> um, when mom said like, crashed into the garage, I had this picture like like the car was underneath the like garage door and it was like inside the garage. 
Um, probably pushed forward about a foot. Oh, okay. So Lacey went and she she parented, panicked. She, I heard. And um, I'm like, just chill. You know, let me. You know, I mean, you could have been dead. I mean, in all honesty, it could have been worse. It can yeah. always it can always be worse, unless everybody is dead. Then you really can't get worse than that. But right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I went out there with the hammer and pounded uh, it out. Yeah. And at first, she she kept telling me, "Just forget it, forget it, forget it." And I'm like, "No." Yeah. I, it's it's aluminum for one. I knew I could fix it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the front isn't completely smooth. But, you know, it opens up, it closes, it's, so it works fine. Yeah. It's just cosmetic. And so, that's that's been my week. Um, I wrote more of on the story. Um, I wrote this really good monologue. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing the story so yeah. I can say what kind of story it is instead of talking in code. But I did this really good monologue with... Uh, the main character and uh, a minor character and pretty much what it is the minor character is going to like the top guy and uh-huh. he's he's telling the top guy that he doesn't want to be the assassin anymore oh, okay and he's fallen in love he wants to quit it he wants to just have a normal life and the other character very majestically you know tells him he goes that's okay but just remember in the world of the animals or the the world of the kingdom of animals or something like that. I was trying to be you know uh, very poetic in my my writing. Uh-huh. Hush! I'm talking about writing. <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Remember, in, in the kingdom of the animals, even though a, a leopard is born without spots, the leopard is still a leopard. The leopard is a, 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 the killer of the animal kingdom." <laughs> yeah. Essentially saying, you can't change... Yeah. You can try and change what you look like, but you can never change who you really are. You can change everything about yourself, but who you are inside will always be the same. Right. So, <clears throat> it's, um... The animals are out here. At least I know it's not just my dog that does it. I know. But, anyway, so I wrote this really good monologue, and it, it came out really good. I'm really happy. Um, I can say that originally I was wanting the story to be somewhere around 120 pages. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. There is no way it's going to happen. Like I was telling Terry, I talked to Terry today, and I said, you know, I'm just going to write it until I tell the whole story, and then after I do that, then I'll try to cut it down to mm. to whatever, you know, page count that we need. But realistically, no. Especially after you format it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a specific format for that type of writing. Yeah. It adds more page count to it. I'm like, shit! You know, so... <laughs> It's and now I find out why it's so difficult to to write because I've never attempted this type of medium, mm-hmm. and God, I hate talking to him. And uh, so it's, I'm enjoying it. Plus, you know, I'm doing a lot of podcasting, uh, doing a lot of cuts. I tried to get a lot of cuts done last night and uh, today because I worked at the hospital pretty much all week last week. I did a lot of work. Yeah, and so. Uh, that and I'll, I'll talk to you about why I was crabby the last time you see me. Oh, okay. Uh, there was actually, even though this is episode 20, by the way, 
Uh, we were supposed to do episode 20 last week, though the listeners won't know the difference because it'll come out 19 and then this one will come out in 20, so there won't be no time jump. But there actually was a time jump. Yeah. And I was just tired and I was grumpy and I just, for the first time, I said, never mind. You were grumpy, man. And I'm not... He's not one to usually be that, that grumpy, but he was pretty grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was just... Uh... I don't. I don't even know the whole why I was so grumpy. Something was just like twisting at me. Think something was just pushing your buttons. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just. It didn't work for me. And you're tired on top of that, so it made it even worse. Yeah, because what I had like two hours of sleep that day. Yeah, because you're like, let's do this, and then we go over there, and your eyes are just. You got the little, the little tired mom eyes, what I call them, because it's like mom's eyes when she's real tired. They're like. I couldn't think. And then yeah. we started looking for uh, weird news, and that wasn't really happening. Yeah. So. Um, the topic I wanted to talk about today, and uh, because I knew it was just going to be you and I, so I wanted to have something personal in that, that realm of where you and I can talk about. Yeah. Um, I realized I was a creative person when I was about 13. Mm-hmm. That's when I really started realizing that I I wasn't <laughs> going to be a WWE wrestler. I, I was probably more destined to write the script for WWE than be a wrestler. Yeah. What about you? How old were you when you when you realized that you were creative? I don't know. We can smoke in Rebecca's house, so you'll probably hear a lot of lighter clicking. <laughs> Um, probably when I was little, because I remember, like, when I would play, I'd play by myself, because I didn't have really any way to play as long as my cousins were around, but, and I would just make up these random things, like, beyond imagination, just, like, weird stuff I would make up randomly that I, you know what I'm saying, like, like a little story to act out. Right. And there'd be other people in the story, but they really weren't there. I was imagining this all. Right. And I can still remember some of the things that I would make up, and I'm just like, that's, it seems like someone's on drugs, like, it was just weird stuff. Make pretend it's... Yeah. And I didn't have anything to play with. I mean, I had toys. I'm not saying I didn't, but... Well, yeah. Whatever the story was about. I didn't have no props. I just... My props were there in my head. Right. In my imagination. But... I knew I liked to draw. I've always liked to draw. I remember when you were one years old and you, you drew a phoenix. Really? Yeah. Wow. Bring this up because... I don't know what I was... I was watching something. It was probably a documentary. And and uh, people say that they're always creative. Yeah. And I guess if, if you look back on my past, you know, I, I used to do the little... I Before I even realized that they were comic books, I'd, I'd, you know, draw little comic books and the characters and stuff. So I guess that's true. But I was trying to think for you when there was a time that you weren't creative. You know, hmm. I mean, there's points of you just being lazy and not doing stuff, but... I still have ideas. Right. And it's it's very interesting. I mean, for... And I, I was... We're probably going to talk about this over on Sure Darkness, but I also want to talk to you about it, because you were one of the founding members of the World of Myth. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize you were really young at the World of Myth. And, and to the point where when... Things went into to speed, and we started getting more uh, readers, and we started having more fans. We changed editors. We actually changed the age frame. You know, 
So technically, at the point of 2008, when everything changed and we were getting more everything, yeah. Someone, how old were you back in 2004? Uh, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, see. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, because then in two thousand eight. Twenty. So, I'm trying to do the math in my head. But anyway, yeah. I mean, so by the time you were twenty, people your age when you started the world of math couldn't have done it because of the we put a, a an age cap on. It. Yeah. But when we started. It was just you, Terry, and myself. That was it. I mean, even though we all went by different names and we did a lot of pin, man, uh, pin names, but it was just the three of us. When we first first started, I was even younger. Really? When we started doing New Myth, we did the comics and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Like 14. Yeah. And see, that's something I wouldn't do now is, I mean... I put you, do you remember, I put you in charge of Newman. Yeah. You were in charge of Newman. You were 14 years old. Today, <laughs> that would be like putting um, Stephanie yeah. in charge of the company. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I mean, it just, things have changed in the past. And I guess I'm trying to reminisce a little bit. Um. We're watching this guy walk by. Very He's like looking in the yard. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that things change, but we don't change. You know, yeah. situations, circumstances change, but who you are, you're still the same. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, I think once you get to a certain age, because as you're growing up when you're little, you it's what makes you who you are. Right. When you get to a certain age, that's you basically stay the same. I mean, you keep learning more, but the foundation's already there. Because, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. When I was your age, essentially I was still the same person. Mm -hmm. Though now, ten years later, I have more wisdom because I've done more things. More experience, yeah. But I'm still the same person, essentially. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a little grumpier. A little, a little more grumpier or a little less hair. <laughs> what you lack on your head, you make up on your face, I guess. I so just, we're compensating over here. Well, I'm, I've got to get into that creative, you know, that realm of being creative. Uh-huh. And, you know, the scraggly, no-shave, ungroomed hair. That just kind of falls into the creativity thing for me. Yeah. And I, that's where I'm at right now. Is and I said this before. I don't remember what show. I think I said it on our show. You know, at one point I was saying that I wanted to be entertained more than I want to be more entertaining. Mm -hmm. And again, me who being I who I am, mm -hmm. that only lasts a very short period. It's again, you, you can't change who you are. And for me, I've always been the entertainer and not the entertainee. Yeah. So, I tried it, and I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I got to watch a lot of movies. I, I got, you know, played that one video game until I beat it. But then there's that drive in me to to be entertaining, to do something to entertain people. Yeah. So, that's where I'm at right now. And I don't even know at this point how I segued off into that, but it's okay. Um, but, yeah, the, 
the world of myth was the golden years, as as it were. You know, they, I don't know. Because, I mean, we started off very small, very intimate, and it grew. It grew into something very big and popular. Yeah. But I, I think, for me, the beginning years was more than what, how do I explain this? It meant something more to me than when it blew up. I, I agree. I think it was more, to me it was more fun. Because it was less businessy, in my opinion. Because we were just doing it because we loved to do it, because it was right. fun. But then the, the business aspect comes in, and it's like you, you're obligated now to right. do this. You're not doing it because you enjoy doing it, you're doing it because you have to do it. Every human being is like, never wants to do anything they have to do. Right. Because when you feel obligated, it's not, it takes the fun away from it, in my opinion. And that's what I'm trying to do with Jaisal Mod. Yeah. Not only with the Jaisal Modcast, with the Jaisal Mod publications, is I'm trying to make it less business, more fun. Yeah. Now, there's a part of me, the business part of me, that wants to, you know, go do this and go make this contract and do this. And, and granted, yes, we have a contract with iTunes. Yes, we have a, a contract with Stitcher. But that doesn't affect the process of creativity. I mean, though we have the contracts with these two carriers, does it seem any different from day one? Not really. The only difference is, is for me. Yeah. You know, I'm the one that has to deal with that. But it's my responsibility because I'm the one that set up the contracts. Um, though we did have a miss this week. Somebody missed a show. And Stitcher did uh, email us and say... If you miss three shows in a year, we're canceling that particular show. They're not they're not canceling the whole Jaisal Modcast, mm-hmm. but they 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 threaten to to cancel. Yeah, and I understand that because they've got something that they've got to run. You know, they if people start they start matching certain things with different shows, different advertisers, different shows, and they match it with this particular show, and they keep missing and missing and missing. That makes them look bad, not yeah. only us, but them as well. So, um, I'm I'm trying to make it where it's it's not business because it was it was in the beginning of the world of myth, and I know I'm going back and forth between the comparison of the world of myth and Jaisalmon, but if you really look at it, it's the same structure of the beginning of the world of myth to what Jaisalmon. You know, I use the same business model essentially. Yeah, and I'm trying to not. If it blows up, it blows off. But I'm trying to keep it non-business. Yeah. Because I think that's essentially what happened in the end. What the the animal that we created that turned into MythWorks, it was just too business. That was maybe 99% business, 1% fun. Yeah. And when you have only 1% fun in the equation... It's not going to work. You don't want to do it no more. Yeah. And that's... I mean, I, and I told this to Sadie last week. You know, we, we finished the the Christian anthology for GISG. Yeah. And though it was... How did I explain it? It was entertaining to see this, to read the stories. Sarah St. John did a really good job editing. Mm. But that, that enthusiasm was, yeah, I'm going to make another book. We're going to produce another book. Yeah, you know, something else to add to our repertoire was not there. Yeah. This was, 
and I, I've said this more times than not, so it shouldn't shock anybody for what I'm about to say. The reason why we're making this book is we're contractually obligated to make the book. Yeah. If we weren't contracted to do this book, we wouldn't have done it. You had to do it. Right. I didn't want to get sued. Yeah. Because it would have been a breach of contract. So, the book is coming out sometime, let's see, this is episode 20, so this is sometime in May now. Um, so it should be out sometime soon. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I, w- I, I wish, I wish things could be like that. That whole, the beginning of the World of Myth time, just that era, between 2004 to 2008, just not only on a creative level, but mm. on a personal level, financial level, everything, that was just a beautiful time. Yeah. And I wish we could just keep reliving that, you know, like Groundhog Day, you know, Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, just keep reliving that yeah. time over and over and over again. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, at issue 55, as they say, all good things must come to an end. And by the time issue 55 rolled around, the world of myth was nothing. As to what it was originally. Yeah, it was. It, it, it completely turned... It was more business. It was more about trying to bring in advertisers. It was more of trying to bring in new, new, new creative talent to see if we can find people to contract to make books. It, it was just, it wasn't there. I, I slowly watched it fade. I seen this coming. Did you really? Yeah. I ain't gonna step on anyone's toes or saying or mentioning names, but I, I saw how it was changing. Uh huh just by the people that were employed from the company. And to me, it wasn't a vision that I had for the company that I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? We all have visions of what we see something to turn out to be. Right. And it just became way too serious. I think about, like, like um, DeviantArt. That company, even though it's a big company, it still has a fun factor to it. Like, they're a popular company, DeviantArt. Yeah, I've heard of them. And I'm sure when they first started out, it was probably fun, too. And they kept that. But somehow it got lost in the in the world of myth, in my opinion. Do you think it was because of me? No. No. I just think it was the choices you made by putting people in certain positions. So it, I mean, it was your fault, but it wasn't directly your fault. You weren't setting out to do that to change it. Right. It just happened. I'm sure you didn't know it was going to happen, or you probably wouldn't have. <laughs> wow. Oh, she knocked them in the water. I'm sure you wouldn't have made some of the decisions that you had made, but, I mean, it was meant to be that way, I guess. It's, um, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is I've, I've read uh, our friend Mr. Allman, you know, I've, I've read his CNN article many, many, many times. Many, 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 many times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know me, I try to roll with punches. I try to act like things don't bug me. Yeah. But you know me, you know, when somebody, I can, I can scan the the criticism. You know, mm-hmm. criticism don't doesn't bug me, you know, that much. But when someone makes a direct attack, then that's what really bothers me. Yeah. Um, so and I think that's what happened to the world of myth. Yeah. Is well not just the world of myth, but the whole myth works. It was we got so big you know, at one point we had over forty something employees. Yeah. We had a board of directors. We had a board of trustees. You know, we, I don't know. 
It was I, so funny is we had all those people, but I felt like you were doing everything by yourself. Me too. <laughs> that's the way it seemed. And that's another thing that I'm trying to not do with Jaiselmon is be a micromanager. Yeah. I'm I'm the one with the overall vision. It's always been that way. I think it's easier to run a company when everybody that's on board feels about the company the same way. You know what I'm saying? Everybody right. feels the same about the company. I don't feel like people felt like that with the, with the world of myth and myth works. I feel like to you, the way you viewed it, not everybody that was working for you viewed it that way as important. Right. And that's a lot of the reasons why it didn't work in the end. And I, I felt, and I, I totally agree with you, and that's one of the reasons why after Terry retired as the chief operating officer and Sarah St. John was retiring, I felt those were my two main people. Yeah, and they were. That, that had the same vision I had. And I was losing those two people. And I, I didn't, I didn't, I could replace them, you know, but I could not replace the people. Yeah. You know, I can replace the person as a, a job position, but not the people. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big factors of why I was like, okay, that's, it is what it is. You know, with, it's weird because I can remember back sitting in, in Hesperia as a little boy you know, making these makeshift comic books and, and starting it all that way, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I want a big business, I want a big business, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. And, you know, 20 years later, when it happens, you're like, I don't want a big business. <laughs> I want a prosperous business, but I don't want something big because then that, and that's uh, another reason why, you know, we went into Jaiselmon is because. It, it stopped being about me. Yeah. And I know that, you know, it all began about me, me wanting to, to entertain. And I was at no one point no longer being entertaining. I was being the CEO. Yeah. Okay, I'm done trying to reminisce. Maybe we can we can do this. Maybe you can come to my house and maybe you can set in on who's the boss and maybe we can re- reminisce. Okay. But I just, I'm wanting, that's what I'm wanting to do. I just yeah. kind of want to talk to... You know, talk about the good old days. Okay, so what do you got? What do you, what are you wanting to talk well, about? Well, I've been, as you know, Aaron's gone, so I'm like, don't have to do with myself because I haven't been alone for a long time. Right. So I've been watching documentaries on Netflix because I really like doc- I really like documentaries. Uh huh. And not a lot of people like documentaries. Like I know Mom doesn't like them. I don't think Aaron really cares for documentaries. But so I've been watching them, and I, I watched this one the other day called Kamare. 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 And it's about this guy. He was born in New Jersey, and he was raised up like in the Hindu religion. He's from in- he was Indian. He's not from India because he wasn't born there, but he was born in Jersey. But he's Indian, Indian American. Yeah, and his family was very religious. Like even though they were immersed in the, in the culture of the United States, they always their parents always you know try to keep their traditions and everything. And the older he got, the less he believed in these traditions. Really? So now is this Hindi? Hindi religion? Hindu. Yeah, Hindi. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, he um he decided he was gonna make a documentary because he's seen like the he's seen the explosion of of the the yoga like how yoga has exploded because that's a it's an Indian thing yoga was yeah it's exploded and all these gurus and things have exploded in the United States so he was originally gonna do a documentary on on these yoga like guru people 
like the United States, but during filming, he realized that he, what, he, what he really wanted to do. So what he did is he went to India. Mm-hmm. Well, first he grew out his beard and his hair. He, start, he started copying his grandma's accent. She has this very thick Indian accent. It's not like 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 the people at the store accent. Like, right. how may I help you? Not like that. It's like really thick. And he went to India and they had like a ceremony thing where all these these gurus have come together and he walked among them and no one knew anything. Like, they didn't tell him part. He's like, this could probably work. So then he he's like, I need to find a place to try this out. So he picked, for some reason, Phoenix, Arizona. He goes there and he starts, he has his friend help him. And his two friends, they're both females. One of them, they're both, one of them is white, one of them is an, an Indian American. And she puts an accent on too and she starts going, he starts going to these like yoga centers and Showing them how, like, he has a method or whatever. And he gets really popular. He has a lot of followers. He he actually gets 16 stable followers that follow him regularly, like, every week. Come over and... Then, it's a facade. It's all a facade. But he wasn't doing this to... When he decided to do this, he, he wasn't trying to do this to fool people. Uh-huh. He wanted to show people that you can control your own life. You don't need to look to religious leaders like like the the gurus. Right. You can do it yourself. Because he's like, I, I'm not really against religion, but I don't believe... He doesn't believe in religious leaders. Like, just regular people. He doesn't believe that they can do anything for you. They have any power. So, he started helping all those people. He, he's like, you know, it's, it's inside of us. We're our own guru and this and that. Like, this one lady, she lost 70 pounds with his help. And he helped a lot of people, but... He's had he at the end he had a big ceremony and he wanted to like reveal who he really was but he, he couldn't he was too afraid so he left he's like I'm leaving I'm going back to India well he went back to New Jersey and he was depressed because he felt like he's like he's like I thought in my life this is the first time I've ever gotten he got really close to these people he's like this is the first time I've ever really connected with these people with any people in my life I've never been this close to people in my life that told me everything and I felt such a connection with them and he. He's like, he went home and he was like depressed for a while. And finally, he's like, he picked himself up. He's like, I have to tell these people who I really am. I have to shave and get back to my real life. I'm not this Kumari person. That's not who I really am. Right. As much as he wanted to be him, he wasn't. So he shaved and he got them all together and he put a video on. And he's like, he basically told him, like, I'm going to show you. He's like, you guys all showed me who the guru inside of you was. He goes, now I'm going to show you the guru inside of me. And he came out and they were shocked. They were just like, Anger? I thought they, I thought they were gonna be angry, but they weren't. Oh, some of them were, but they were clapping and they, they're like, <laughs> you know, because I there was four of them that had left. Out of the sixteen, four of them just got up and left. He never talked to them again. But the other six, the other twelve, he still talks to them to this day. Really? Yeah, they're like like because they said that he they changed so much in life. They said maybe you know you aren't really a guru, but you have something special about you. We feel connected to you. You helped us change our lives. And I'd be scared, too. I'd be like, God, they're going to kill me. Like, they're going to hate my guts. Because he didn't think he was going to get a connection with anyone when he first started doing this. He didn't really know if it was going to work or not. Right. You know? And, yeah, he was deceiving. He, I think he did it for a good reason. To show that, yeah, people can take control of their lives. Right. On their own. No one has to help you do it. You can make choices and decisions on your own to change your life. 
You don't need a guru or whatever to tell you to do that. But he got a award for it and everything. What was it called? Kumare. That was the name of Kumari. his fake guru. And he just made up fake chants and it, he he would say stuff in Indian. It was just like they sing the song Kumare, Kumare. <laughs> they were just singing it and like he would say stuff in Indian. It didn't even make sense because he knew Indian. How to right. you know how to speak the language? And just random stuff and they repeat it and it really worked for them. But he met some weirdos along the way. He met this one guy who prayed. He like had an altar that had a picture of Obama and a picture of um, Osama bin Laden, and in the middle had a picture of George Bush. Really? Yes. He was there all connected. I'm like, this dude is a nut job. <laughs> is then, it on Netflix? Yeah. Maybe I'll check and it out. And there's these two women he met. They were both from a different planet. Oh, yes. Those are, those and this other guy, he, he teaches uh, the religion of sound. The religion of sound. sound. He, he takes people in his room and like... And this guy could be an actor. This His name is Vikram Gandhi. The guy that directed this. Okay. He could be an actor. Because he went in this guy's... And he went and did a, a spiritual like thing with this guy. This guy played all these instruments and stuff, and would go, like that, right? And they would start like jumping, like they, they would start twitching and everything. Like they were really like going into it. going into it, like into the spirit or whatever. I don't know what they were going <laughs> into. But he laid down. And he was like doing it. I was like, this guy could be an actor. He could. <laughs> Convincing. Yeah. It was very convincing. Like, he didn't laugh or anything. Never. I was like, he's serious. This is a serious person. He must be a very serious person because I would laugh at some of these people. But it was a really good documentary. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. And it was funny at times. People were just so out there, what people believe. And then I looked online about, he did like a little interview. He went like a... On this one website, and he was like a live stream or whatever, and people asked him questions and he answered it. Uh huh. They asked him stuff like, "Do you think any of this stuff was weird?" He said to him, be- "To him, that it wasn't really strange to him because some things that people believe are so weird already." Right. I mean, he didn't say what religions, but I mean, there is a lot of weird religions. Scientology, there's different stuff. They just believe weird stuff. Right. And so him, it wasn't that weird. Like the people out from the other planet, they asked him if he ever felt guilty about it. He said he didn't because. He had a whole team helping him when they sat down. They're like, they weren't going to cross any ethical boundaries. They weren't going to hurt any people, like really hurt people. There's right. going to be no sex or anything involved in this. It was right. going to be all pure and of good content, good intent. But it was good. So if you guys have Netflix, you should watch this. It's a very good documentary. It's called Kumari. I'll probably check it out tonight. Um, I really don't got nothing other than maybe you know editing some more podcasts. But I, I don't have anything on my yeah. Maybe try to do some more writing. Are you doing any writing? Are you doing anything creatively? Uh, or are you just trying to get ready for the wedding? I'm just trying to get out of school. I just want to get, I'm trying to get ready for the wedding. I need to focus on school. Like, they're on my ass. Like, I need to be at school. I need to sit. You know how I am. Like, it's not that I'm not passionate about this because I really love to do hair and stuff like that. But I hate the school. So much. I just don't want to be there. But I got to do it. I don't want to waste my $17,000, so. Is that how much it costs? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> got to get it done. You should have gave me $17,000 and would have made body bag. Speaking of body bag, did you did you listen to Who's the Boss this week, this last week? No. I actually did a whole podcast on body bag. Really? I got a, a, some emails 
asking about because I I've talked about it, just briefly talked about it. Yeah. And people are asking me, you know, what is body bag? What is body bag? So I ended up I sat down and I talked like an hour and thirty minutes, mm. but then I did cut it, you know, cuts and editing and got it down to like an hour and fifty minutes or something like that. Might have. I don't know. I'm in a very reminiscing mood right mood. now. Yeah. It's. Uh, at least you're not in one of your, your bitchy moods. That's all. Reminiscing mood is always better because you always have that little smile on your face like a little kid. What do you do when you reminisce? It's, it's, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. It's, um, I don't know. I'm just in that mood. Yeah. So I'm in that. You know, because with Jaden, you know, Jaden's getting close to the age of where I started, you know, being creative and mm. he's already showing to be creative and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm doing some writing and, and doing podcasts. And the Christian anthology is coming out here soon. That book is huge. How many pages? It's the biggest book we've ever made. 344 pages. Oh, wow. And um, we're we're doing our best to to keep the price down. Mm-hmm. Now. Honestly, if this book would have been made back in 2008, we would have sold this book for 25 bucks. Yeah. But we're we're trying to market it to under $20. That's good. Get um, more buyers that way. That we're doing stuff a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Myth Mart will carry it. But other than Myth Mart, it's going to be Amazon will carry it. And that's all. Okay. We're... we're starting the author's initiative and the author's initiative is if you, if you want to buy the book from me at cost I'll sell it to you and then you can go sell it for covered price yeah and you keep the profit and that's because that's the best way because again I don't want to deal with the distribution companies and the financers and all that I just don't want to deal with it yeah so I think this is the best way to make everybody happy. <clears throat> it's like the the, skull, the sky is falling down on us. I know. <laughs> and it just never ends. I, I don't think there's any way I'm going to be able to cut any of this background noise out. So, it just... I don't know. Right, we'll just... Put a warning up. <laughs> we tried so hard and it just didn't prevail. And this is our milestone. Well, no, it's not. 25 is our milestone. Actually, 26 is our milestone. Because 26 is half of 52, which is our, you know, one-year mark. Yeah. So 26 will be the six-month mark. So, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm trying to think of, did I watch anything good? Um, I tried to convince Lacey into going to seeing the uh, the new Evil Dead movie. uh uh-huh. Uh, she said yes, but of course, when it came time, she she said no. Uh, I really want to see that movie. I want to watch it, but I, I know if I go without Aaron, he'll kill me. Oh, he so wants I to see it too. Yeah, so I have to wait until he. I was going to see it today, but I'll have to wait till he comes home, because then he'll kill me and be all depressed because I didn't take him. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to wait for my Oscars cut. I I, I really don't want to wait until then. I, I kind of want to see it in theaters. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that'll be good in theaters. I want to see Jurassic Park 3D. I, I think it would be cool. I like Jurassic Park. I mean, I've seen it only like f- probably 500 million times, but 
In 3D, I think it would be cool. All those dinosaurs and stuff, I think it would be cool. Did I tell you about who they casted uh, in the new Star Wars movie? Um, no, but I read it. They got, uh, an... Oh, you did tell me. Uh, Mr. Sulu, George Tanaki, yeah. is actually going to be a Jedi Master. i seen something else, too. I'm trying to think of who it is. Someone else is going to be in there. I can't remember. Another that. Star Trek person? No, but an actor. And I can't remember, so just <laughs> never mind. Um, speaking of Star Wars, though, I thought it was cool because I followed this little girl on, um, on Facebook. Uh-huh. Her name is Autumn Kinley, and she has some kind of rare mitochondrial disease. And I guess she, they had a competition thing, like, nominated a girl to be a princess for a day. And she won it. And I, I feel bad for the poor thing. She's, I, she's pretty sick. But they, I guess Disney sent, um... They sent three princesses for her. They sent a Star Wars character for her brother. And, oh, and Jack Sparrow for her other brother. Oh, and that right. dude that, that's Jack Sparrow they sent looks just like Johnny Depp. I was like, look at the picture. I'm zooming in. I'm like, that looks just like him. I'm going through all the pictures. I'm like, that looks, I know it's not, but it looks just like him. I thought that was pretty cool. They actually did that for that little girl. And it was cool. They sent, like, the, a Jedi for her little brother and Jack Sparrow for her other brother. That was funny. That's cool. <laughs> um, I don't even have anything for weird news this week. I I don't know. I I, I looked online. Um, and I just couldn't find anything that really. This isn't really weird news, but I found a show on Netflix called Oddities. Uh huh. And it's about these people who own an antique and oddity shop called it's called Obscura. This dude that works there, I guess he's like a bone specialist, and he rearticulates skeletons. So this guy brings in his two cats, because I guess he had these two cats for a long time. It was Jaja and Ava. He named the cat. <laughs> and when they died, he planted them under the rose bush. Well, they moved their house, so he dug their skeleton up. He wanted to have them, like, articulated. If he's put back together or whatever. Right. Brings in his guy, and he's like, well, I want to. I love these cats. I want to have them put back together and everything like that. And $4,000 or more. Per cat? To, for both. But still! All the guys got to do is put the bones together. Stream up. I'm in the wrong profession. Yeah. I need to get knee deep in some bones or something because that's just crazy. Yeah, four thousand dollars. Guys charging him to put his cats back together. What what part's more crazy? The fact that they're charging that much money, or the fact that the guy wants to put his decom- decomposed pets back together? I think it's kind of cool, but I've always wanted an animal like a cat skull. I got plenty of dead cats out in the yard, but I don't want to dig them up. <laughs> no. But no. I think animal skulls are cool. This guy's house is covered. He has every animal skeleton. He's got human skeletons. He's got monkey skeletons. He's got all kinds of animal skeletons. They're all over. It looks kind of trashy, in my opinion. Uh-huh. If you had a room for that stuff, it would be okay. But this is the whole house. He's got, like, stuffed dead animals and stuff everywhere. Like, they're into some weird stuff. They got that shop has everything. They got pigs in a jar. And it's called Oddities. It's called Oddities on on. I don't know what channel it ever came on, but it's on Netflix. It's a, a series. It's got two seasons. Really? You should watch it. It's kind of cool. Uh I've been trying to watch a lot of manga uh-huh. just to get some inspiration because that's where I want to go um, with the story. One of the stories I'm telling right now. I didn't realize this. I'm writing. Quite a few different stories. Yeah. 
and uh, one of them is a, a manga type story. So I've been trying to watch a lot of manga. If you notice that on Netflix, a lot of manga popping up. I, I was checking, like, wonder what he was watching. I looked, <laughs> I looked there, like, I know I didn't watch it, so it had to be him. Um, and of course, I, I just, I love documentaries. And the stranger, the better for me. Um, oh, that was one we watched. This guy, he was only in his 50s, but he, um, he got cerebral palsy. And um, he was a paraplegic. Eventually, everything was shut down on him. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to go to Switzerland and do the assisted suicide. Oh, really? They were wheelchairing him out of the room to go to Switzerland. He's like, I'm scared. I'm mm-hmm. scared. I'm scared. And that just broke my heart. And they make this concoction. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what I think it is, is um, it's a sedative. Yeah. But it's such a large amount. You stop breathing. Yeah. And I, I love how non-medical people try to explain stuff. Yeah. You drink this and, and it'll make you die. No, the... The act of not breathing will make, make you, die. you die. Not the sedative itself. It just, I don't know. I yeah. Music. But anyway, the wife is there sitting next to him. He, he drank it because that was one of his things. Is he, was, he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to swallow. You know, as the disease progressed, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be. Because they couldn't pour it down his mouth. He had to <laughs> willingly drink, drink it, it through a straw. Yeah. And that's what he was afraid of is that his cerebral palsy would would cause him where he just couldn't swallow no more and you'd have to put a, you know, a peg tube in him and then so he'd be fed. Yeah. Anyway, he, he drank, you could see it took every bit of courage that a human being could muster. You could just see it in his eyes. The fear and the courage and, and he's finally lunged for it and got the straw with his lips and drank it. Yeah. So he's laying there and he actually requested a special type of uh, classical music and they were playing it in the background and he's just laying on the bed, and the wife's holding his hand. And um, he dies. And they, they showed him dead, just laying there. Yeah. Which kind of freaks me out, because, you know, back when we were younger, they never showed dead bodies. Uh-huh. Now, not so much now. Now they don't have a problem with showing dead bodies. But yeah. back then, that was taboo. Yeah. But he, he, he was just, he was dead. And the guy's locked over, and he's like, well, I need to make sure he's dead. And, and you know, I've been in the medical field for a long time. I can look at a person and tell if they're dead. Yeah. Just by the color of their skin. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's dead. But it was a very heart-wrenching documentary because to, to live in this body, because he was very intelligent, he was very active, and then he, he got this disease, yeah. and he became paraplegic, and he didn't want to be a burden on his wife because his wife was the one that had to change him dressings and this and that and um, that's why he decided to kill himself and it was just a very very good documentary Um, I'll have to go look it up and tell you if you're interested in seeing it so that's it for this week I'm David K. Montoya I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren and remember if you're trying to listen to this podcast and keep getting diverted by all the background noise you might be seeing red good night folks 